0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. This is the second part in the two part series with Jack Taggart, who has his own podcast where he discusses different issues such as, for example, the influence of social media on society, economics, monetary policy, politics, and religion. Be sure to stay tuned for our podcast with uh, the second part of our podcast with Mr. Taggart right after this.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree because, like, where we live, it's mostly like a rib- liberal, like, kind of campus. So we kind of hear all these, like, kind of liberal ideas. And, like, we're kind of, even if, like, anybody tries, I heard, I remember, like, one time some kid tried to bring up something that was, like, a little bit conservative leaning, and, like, people were, like, just started attacking him because they just, I feel like people just are too ingrained into, into their ideas. And this goes for both sides of the aisle. I think that, like, we need to find some way to kind of become let me to become more moderate or just understand at least and this actually is pretty interesting because we're actually recording with like this um we're going to record with like this other podcast named blue state conversations they're essentially just all about bringing together both sides of the aisle and just having just managing to have a conversation forget about agreeing it's just managing to bring them together and having a conversation that that's really important so like one. Uh, question that I have is what do you think that maybe schools can do because school is where we're learning all of these kind of like ideas what do you think that schools can do kind of make this a little bit better where people just have not have the opportunity to develop their own opinions rather than somebody just pushing one type of idea into like onto like a student's mind
2: um is this kind of reference to critical race theory
1: no just like in general just like how do you think that schools can do better in making sure that children develop their own opinions rather than like somebody pushing the ideas on
2: well frankly um kind of what helped me because i actually took it and actually really kind of really pushed me into more of this idea like hey there are people who have different opinions and it's okay to disagree i was i took a class called uh, freedom and civil society where we kind of talk about how to how to do this how to talk civilly discuss things and not get angry with each other you know and so i think maybe also just kind of having that basically saying just because someone disagrees with you it's not an attack on your personality or your or your identity um i think maybe also um i think maybe all and maybe this is just me speaking but you know people just really need, need to be retrained to maybe consider other people's ideas and frankly people just need to get off TikTok, facebook and really any social media because just kind of how the algorithms are written. It's more of, it's more ingrained to actually, or words. The more you view of the certain, the more content they're going to pull up. And frankly, if you look at some of this stuff, you know, some of the stuff, then you're you're not going to see, or you're only going to see be exposed to one view. And frankly, the what is being viewed or what is being created on for social media for these big tech, tech and big companies is more of these sound bites. It's really not training people to have these conversations or to be even well versed in these discussions, in discussions so people can form their own opinions. And you know, and frankly also, what's kind of helps me more um, better form my opinions is basically having these discussions and then get steamrolled. And then at least this is more my personality is I kind of get would be a little fed up. I'm like, gosh dang it, they, they steamroll me. And then where I could just get mad and double down and actually kind of research some of the points that they brought up. And either it helps me to um, better form my opinions, better articulate my views. Um, Another thing as well is kind of trying, I guess you can say trying to defend the point you're, the opposing point of view, kind of, again, trying to see where they're coming from and probably most importantly, you know, I guess be willing to accept that maybe you're wrong. Maybe you don't know what exactly it is. Maybe you've been fed bad information and be willing to change because of that. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And I really liked how you mentioned social media there because I feel like that's also such a divisive factor in today's society. For example, um, social media in and of itself can also act as like an echo chamber, right? Because Mm -hmm. on all these social media platforms, you're only going to follow people that you agree with. And then you get fed by these people ideas that you agree with. So then you're never exposed to new ideas or new concepts because for example, on TikTok, right, the way the algorithm works is if you like something, it'll show you more of that content. Uh, so if I like a, if, if I'm a liberal and I like a post that is, or I like a video that is more liberal, Just
1: like, if I can introduce, if I can interrupt, I use just for one second, I'll give it back. It's just like the extent to which this algorithm is like so accurate is like so crazy because I remember that one time I was on TikTok and I was like, I liked maybe one video of something to do with cars. And then, like in the next maybe one minute, I saw five TikToks on that. So it's really reinforcing that idea that, like, if you like something, that's all they're going to provide to you. So, yeah, sorry for interrupting. You can go ahead. Ayush. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. I, if I may add this as well, you know, actually, I kind of just finished doing a podcast. Um, it's not going to be released for, for a while about atheism. And frankly, just aside from like, you know, the big tech or even like some of the stuff I see on my feed, is like I've been getting at least, you know, seeing some of my memes, they're more of anti atheist stuff. I'm like, huh interesting, you know, but says the point. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I think I admit think and Nan, Jack all, all those all those stuff really make a lot of sense. And I kind of wanted to uh, ask you, like, why is social media so divisive? Why is it so dangerous? And are there really any ways to regulate like these social media companies and big tech in general to kind of stop essentially this censorship and overload of
2: information? Oh, um, grand, I, I'm no expert in this and, you know, and frankly for a little bit I actually did delete my Facebook account um, but then had to, anyways, had to do it again, but, um, again, kind of going back to this is more of, I probably should send you the link to that, but I know Joe Rogan a while back, he kind of was sitting down with some of these people, this was a while back, I think a few months ago when, uh, I think like the whistleblower for Facebook kind of was, came out and there was all these congressional hearings but about it but um he kind of suggested some um some suggestions more of like you know instead of having like um you know the share option you can basically someone can share uh, a post unlimited like for like infinitely right whereas um what he kind of suggested is more of like instead of having like being this you know uh, being shared more of like basically like here i guess you're your second so you have your first person uh, you know, your friends and then your next person. So who is not your friend, but you know, is, I guess you have, you share a mutual friend can only share it, you know, and that's, that's kind of it. And basically the idea is if you really want to share it, you'd have to copy it and then act, maybe screenshot it and actually kind of post it yourself. But, um, but again, going back to your original question is I feel like, you know, the reason why social media is very dangerous, you know, I was saying though with Twitter, Twitter is not a real place. TikTok is not a real place. You know, there are basically it's again it's an echo chamber. Just kind of how the things are are being written. and They'll even say this even with COVID. You know, if there's any dissenting opinions, these tech overallers can say, "Yeah, we don't like this." And I'm pretty sure you can find this figure this, this in the news recently. But um, these air quotes independent fact checkers, which we've all known for a while, has been fake. You know, they're just basically opinion based. Um, really not fact checkers. They're very they're they have a bias. They have a thing. And and frankly. Um, where am I going with this but basically there's really I guess no fair and not, really not really fair but like the guidelines to being what is considered hate speech or offensive is very is not very clear and it can be it's very subjective and I think that's also the danger with this is you know you someone can be deplatformed just because someone didn't like what they said you know but anyways I'm ranting so
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think that gives the listeners a good idea of why social media is like so impactful and how, especially what you mentioned there about how it's not grounded in reality, right? Anybody can just make up anything they want. And there's really no accountability for uh, if there's any sort of misinformation or disinformation, etc. So we kind of wanted to move on to a different topic and talk about specifically some of your podcasts about um monetary policy uh could you talk a little bit about you know who you talked with uh how, how you kind of approach that topic and because monetary policy is one of those topics where the moment you hear like those two words monetary policy and you're not really from a strong like econ or finance mm-hmm. background you immediately get turned off kind of you you don't want to kind of delve into these like super specifics about you know what exactly the federal reserve is doing and all the economics behind it so how did you kind of approach those like monetary policy and economics based podcasts from a perspective that would like make it engaging for listeners who are kind of from an outside audience
2: um good question so this kind of or kind of what i ended up doing was um I, I live with uh, with family and they're really not at all well-versed in economics. And so having um, these very topic, these questions, or excuse me, having them bring up these certain, these events that are happening, particularly with money supply and what we're seeing now with the record high inflation, um, you know, just having, and you know, kind of just really kind of seeing that they, la- they, there, they don't understand it, and then actually trying to explain it in a way that they really understand it. Um, and which that's also another way, you know, if you ever want to, it's a really great way to study as well. And trying to explain something in the very most basic way so that someone else can understand it, you know, but, um, but yeah, but I, I really don't know what to say other than that I just kind of just did it. You know, I kind of reached out to one of my professors who frankly is one of my mentors and he actually spent work at the fed for a little bit and he was able to just talk about it. And he's, he's a professional teacher. And the thing with, with my university, Brigham Young University, Idaho, um, is that these teachers, they're not, um, they're not there for tenure, they don't, there's no incentive to publish. And so n- because of that, their focus is on teaching. And particularly with my professor is like, he teaches a lot of students from different backgrounds, different majors. And so I wouldn't say he has to dumb it down a bit, but like, he has to make it so he's, he's well versed in makes me make, able to make sure that teachers, or excuse me, that students are able to understand it and pass his class. So I don't know if that answers your question or not.
0: No, I think it definitely does because, uh, I think there's, there's some Albert Einstein quote, like everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. So I think like kind of going towards professors and looking at, you know, what they did, um, what, what, what your past professors did to kind of simplify these topics. And also, uh, the family tip, I actually kind of use that myself. Like I'm, I'm part of um, the debate team at my school so basically whenever I kind of um, all all the judges at tournaments they're all mostly parents so I just read like my own arguments in front of my parents and kind of see how receptive they are to it and like I can change it accordingly based on their feedback so that's always been super helpful for me to kind of appeal to like the other parent judges because they have a similar level of understanding. So yeah, but I'll pass it on to Nathan to ask the next question.
1: Yeah, so I just want to quickly ask you, how do so we the way that we pick our like podcast like more into I want to get more into like your podcast like logistics because we definitely have a lot to learn because when Ayush and I first started. I Ayush can vouch for me, but we really really struggled with finding like speakers What we would do is we would like think in our minds who are the people that we know that we can speak to But then that really limited us to like just the people in the Bay Area or people that we knew So how exactly did you Start reaching out to people and what was like your method of communication Or way to just find people and what they do How exactly did you find the number of people who come on your podcast because i feel like you do the sort of like the same type of podcast that we do where we bring on a different type of guest every week and looks like you do the same because you mentioned the rabbi and then you mentioned the exorcist so could you explain how exactly you go to plan every episode and stuff like that
2: yeah so um again kind of going back to this is um i guess you can say i kind of did podcasting started podcasting the wrong way in that From what I've heard, you know, the best way to see if your podcast can go for longevity is uh, basically plan the first 25 episodes. If you can do that, then you're kind of good to go. But um, kind of what I did to start off is I kind of joined a few different Facebook groups, uh, a few LinkedIn groups as well, um, kind of saying, hey, this is what I got, you know, any thoughts or ideas. And, And so, and after that while, you know, well, this eventually I kind of decided to leave the Facebook groups just... Because they seem to be more about self help and life coaching, which, you know, they're good, but I'm kind of not looking for that. And so, but particularly what I do, just because kind of how I have my podcast set up is, you know, I kind of ideally try to have a 30 minute, 30 minute to you know, an hour conversation um, with people. And basically, if there's something that I find very interesting, you know, um, which I'll just tell you this, you know, I kind of follow, follow another podcast called Pints with Aquinas. and. I kind of saw the episode where he actually, this guy actually interviewed an exorcist and that's kind of how basically kind of, I just look at things that I kind of feel are interesting and kind of look up people, you know, like I look again, going back to this voodoo, voodoo is I kind of looked up some research on it and then I'm like, okay, just Google voodoo shops in New Orleans or something, you know, and then kind of try and go from there and you just do, I guess you'd say do a Google search and try and see if there's people who would be interested or interesting to talk to talk to about so and then uh and i'm pretty sure i know this is a, a question you're wanting to ask is more of how do i kind of approach people you know and frankly i or how do i convince them to come on and frankly i i really feel like i don't do any conversation or convincing really it's more of i approach is more of like hey i found you on i've seen this video you were in um i agree with you i think there this uh, topic is misunderstood would you be interested in being on my podcast and Um, and kind of just give them the lowdown of kind of what it is and really just being really honest and basically, I guess I'm not being sympathetic, but empathetic, you know, kind of understanding, trying to understand where they're coming from. And that's kind of really how I do it. And plus also, I mean, I, just because, you know, I'm, I also, I'm I'm looking for work right now, but probably when this episode is drops, I will be working full time. So, um, I kind of try and break up these episodes into the ideally, if it's an hour long interview, I kind of break them up into two different episodes and release these episodes twice a month. Uh, so two episodes every month. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I do. So I, I don't know if that answers your question or you're like, okay, stop talking or.
0: No, definitely. I think it gives us a good understanding of, you know, how you approach the podcast logistics and that's kind of similar to what we do. And, matchmaker I'm sure has been a big help for you it's also been a big help for us uh in finding podcast guests and at this point in the podcast we're kind of winding down so we're gonna ask the infamous tips question that we asked each one of our podcast guests. and essentially you know you can give any tips or advice you want to current high schoolers and it can be in regards to anything you know so you mentioned that uh you have a strong religious and economic background so you can talk about tips on that you can talk about tips regarding like politics of some some high schoolers are like interested in political activism i know a lot of kids at our school are so uh any any anything regarding uh you know anything regarding these issues
2: you know so one thing i was actually kind of thinking as i was kind of thinking you would ask me this question as well but the biggest advice that i could give grant oh gosh, uh, seven years since I graduated high school. Um, best thing I could say is, you know, do, don't do care, don't care so much, you know, what, what's going on in high school. Um, I, I know this may sound counterintuitive, but you know, you feel, and I understand that you know, high school you feel like right now is kind of your life and you guys set you up, which yeah, to an extent it is, you know, but more of the social aspects just don't really don't care. Don't worry about it. You know, because I'll just tell you this, you know, I went to prom with with this girl and since I graduated, I haven't seen her since. You know what I mean? My, I have not had no contact with her as well. So really just don't care. And frankly, when you get to college, that's where the real fun begins, you know, where you'll, at least in my experience, um, that is where you'll make the real, the real friendships, you know, the real personal relationships that'll last forever. Um, oh yeah I think that's really the biggest thing that I, I can offer I know there's yeah that's really it so
1: yeah so thank you so much Jack for like this was a really great conversation for us because was like kind of a breath of fresh air we never really get to like kind of talk about the conversations we just kind of jump into the conversations so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for listeners to listening to this podcast we'll make sure to link jack's podcast in the description and make sure that you check it out it looks really interesting and i'll definitely be listening to it so thank you so much jack thank you high school not so much a musical is hosted by ayush agarwal and nitin jaldanki narration by samhit padala music from louis luang relaxation cafe tune pocket and infraction if you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.